tonight, I can report to the American people and to the world. I know the human being and fish can coexist peacefully. We were able to be all these things and do all these things because we were informed by great men, men who were revered. All men and women created by the goal, you know the you know the It's going to say, you want free speech? Let's see you acknowledge a man whose words make your blood boil, who's standing center stage and advocating at the top of his lungs that which you would spend a lifetime opposing at the top of yours. You want to claim this land as a land of the free? Now show me that. Defend that. Celebrate that in your classroom. Then stand up and sing about the land of the free. Which do you like more, Congress or lice? <laughs> Well, we like lice. Here's my eight words people need to stop redefining. Hate, victim, hero, shame, violence, survivor, phobic, and white supremacist. That America's leading industry is still the manufacture, distribution, packaging, and marketing of bullshit. So we're just going to jump right in here. We had some communication from uh, the audience. Uh, first of all, I'm going to start with, and he goes by Jakar's Spare Eye on uh, Twitter. And I summoned him last week so and even got his name completely <laughs> correct, and he called me on it. Even when I asked whether or not he was even a, a listener or somebody who was just following me on uh, Twitter, made sure that I knew that he had been listening from the beginning. So it, 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 thank you very much. We appreciate you. And actually, we appreciate you communicating with us because it's what we love the best. But what he and I have been kind of going back and forth on is on the Mar-a-Lago raid for, by the FBI. Uh, because uh, he's, uh, he's very much of the opinion that this is exactly what the FBI should have done. That uh, it, depending on what the documents were that obviously these do not need to be in Donald Trump's hands, especially depending on whether or not what type of classified documents they are, whether or not they are, in fact, nuclear uh, codes or whatever it may be, that if the FBI had information that this is what he had, that they really didn't have a choice but to go in and get it. And I don't disagree with him. If that's really where we're at, then I don't disagree with him that he they really needed to go in and get what it is, whatever it was that he had. However, that's where my cynical bastard nature comes in, and I'm not my own assessment of these things is that this is nothing more or less than political theater. Well, uh, yeah, I mean. <clears throat> One would suggest, and this is just my own personal opinion, one would suggest that uh, anything to do with Trump, especially now, has been um, largely mm, – a lot of it's political theater. Let's just say that. A lot of it's political theater. Uh, whether you love him or hate him doesn't really matter. A lot of it's political theater. And that's – not necessarily great for justice or great for the country. Well, I mean, l let's put it this way. An argument, especially for people in the know, can probably be made 
for the idea that Trump, that there's probably a reason why Trump belongs in prison. No question on the sun. I don't question that whatsoever. But I also believe that if you really looked into everybody the same way, there's probably a good reason as to why Obama should be in prison. There's probably a good reason as to why George W. Bush should be in prison. There's probably a good reason that you could be made as to why um, uh, Bill Clinton should be in prison. There's a reason why Bush one should be in prison. There are probably reasons why Reagan should be in prison. Most of these people probably, if you dig deep enough, have a reason why they should be in prison. Well, I'm not going to argue with that. In fact, I would argue that most political figures, if you dig deep enough, you could probably find a reason to put them in prison. My problem is, is is how this whole Trump thing has gotten handled. And we've talked about it before. I am the main thing that I hold blame at Trump for is by showing the political community how easy it is to gaslight the American people and that they will suck it up and just take it because it's exactly what we see them happen what we see happening now that i mean we just mentioned in another cast i somewhere along the line i think that political figures saw donald trump sitting next to the hurricane map and drawing his penis as to the direction as to where it was going to go and basically went holy shit we could be doing this all along and people would go okay well they sure haven't turned down the stupidity. Um, the, in in really, what it comes down to to me is, we have accepted this us or them mentality from our government. We've accepted that that's the way it should be. Isn't that the way it always was? And while that may be true that it always was that way, it's way more blatant and way more polarized now. And the problem is neither one of these people are doing anything good for you. So when you look at, at Miralago and you go, wow, do they need to do that? No. Is he probably guilty of something that he should be jailed for? Yeah. But so are half the people or three quarters of the people in Washington. And if you're going to go with Trump because you just hated him so much, and I, I really do think that the reason they're going after orange man right now is because they're scared to death he's going to get elected again uh, and, and i have an opinion on uh, on the mistake that they the all-powerful they made if they really didn't want that to happen quite frankly when they tried to impeach him the second time with all of the shit that's still going on with all of the shit that they're still trying to blame on him versus just trying to take care of you know it's one of the smartest things though i know it really wasn't a political move for him one of the smartest things that uh that gerald ford did when he took over for nixon was to pardon nixon yeah because it made the whole concept i mean there was still media coverage there were still things going on but it made the concept of nixon in the past uh-huh. That really, quite frankly, what they really probably would have done, and I, or at least let's put it this way, I would have had more respect for them personally if they had done, is rather than saying, let's impeach a guy who's already out of office, rather than trying to continue to prosecute somebody who is already out of office, to basically say, 
anytime somebody asks about Trump, anytime somebody mentions Trump, anytime somebody sits there, the response is, we are not talking about him. That is in the past. We are moving forward. And and if you can't do that, if you don't do that, then you get this situation. And this situation, albeit everybody gets to have a lot of theater and drama and they get to to go after people and I fought for the people. It's just that. It's a stage show meant to make you feel like these people are out to protect you and they're not they don't care they're crooked as a dog's hind leg and they don't care and this the, is just a farce it's all it is and the other thing is with regards to how this is being handled because quite frankly if this is the case if you really believe that there was criminal activity done that he quite frankly should be indicted for and stuff of that nature fine assign a special prosecutor yeah I mean, uh, hell, assign a partisan special prosecutor. I don't give a shit. Let somebody actually do this properly, because this is actually going to go into our next communication as well, because it has to do with this conversation. So I am going to deviate us a little bit, but you'll see it come back around, which is the other communication we got was from uh, a person who goes by Stargate Pioneer on Twitter. And. He actually posed a question because both of us said that there really wasn't anybody in the political field that we would feel comfortable voting for. And I'm guessing this is where his question came from, but um, there wasn't a whole lot elaborated, but it was a very, very specific question. And what he wanted to know was why not, if not, would we not be willing to vote for Liz Cheney? And I've actually got a very, very specific answer to that, which is, well, actually, I take that back. My answer isn't as specific as I thought it would be, because part of it would be, who is she running against? Because if she's running against Biden, the answer is, hell yes, I would vote for her. Uh, If she's running against some other Democrat who has come up, I, I don't know. It depends on who that is. But at the same time, why is do I not look at her as being a potentially good candidate for president is because she has bought in, though it bit her on the ass big time. She bought into the whole political theater concept. You know, the the whole hearings for for uh, January 6th that are going on are a complete, total, utter waste of time. And I don't mean that into whether or not uh, Trump is guilty of anything. He may very well be. And and that's uh, I I probably wouldn't even argue with the idea that he's guilty of inciting violence, of inciting a riot. I I won't argue with that. But why are we doing congressional hearings about this? The Congress can't do anything other than hold a hearing. Congress has no function to enforce anything, to uh, prosecute anything or do anything, especially now that he's a private citizen. Once again, goes back to if you really honestly wanted to go after Trump in a legal sense, that's what a special prosecutor is for. These hearings are nothing more than theater. There is no reason for them whatsoever. And really, that's the truth. They're just they're just theater They're And the reason people don't want to hire, you know, appoint a special prosecutor is because they must be seen to be taking part in it. 
they must be seen to be solving the problem, even though they're not solving anything, even though they're not really doing anything. And I'm so tired. I'm so, well, like, my, my cynical I, ass also thinks that if they appoint a special prosecutor that he'll figure out he or she would figure out what they're doing, too. Right. You don't want that either. We don't want you to look at our stuff. Look at their stuff. Yeah, so, but you were involved in that too. Yeah, that's not the point. You know, I, I mean, I know that's the, that's where they're going. So, so Liz Liz Cheney took a, chose a side, and it bit her in the ass. But she her her choice was theater. The whole concept of going through the entire January sixth process is theater. Nothing more, nothing less. Yeah, I, I'm so tired of the January sixth stuff. I mean, it's just it's. It's basically a witch hunt to make themselves feel better. That's that's really what it is. They they really want to to make themselves feel better. They're like, oh my god, this happened and we didn't want this to happen, and we're gonna punish anybody and in, in anything we can do to make sure that this doesn't happen again because this was something that was unscheduled. <laughs> this is really what it effectively was. It was a riot that happened close to them that was unscheduled. They didn't think this was going to happen. They didn't know it was going to happen, and it panicked them. And they don't like that. And I get it. I do. But but I will tell you something to watch out for. It's going to get interesting. Constitutionally, the uh, Congress has no enforcement capability whatsoever. They make laws. They don't enforce them. Mm-hmm. So my question is, do they choose to try to prosecute somebody themselves? I wouldn't put it past them. I wouldn't put it past them because they've just they've done stuff before. I mean, why wouldn't they? Um, they I mean, look at look at what they're they, they have overreach in almost everywhere now. I mean, they don't have any problem with overreach. We've seen that. Right. The ATF has been doing it. Um, the, the it, like the, the IRS is being set up to do it. Like we're putting 80,000 people in. Here you go. Um, no, 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 oh, I'm not no, going no, after no. you. Did, did you catch the best part about that? The, the, the vote that they had last week with regards to the new IRS um, policies? Oh, what do they do now? <laughs> Members of Congress are exempt. Oh, yeah. No, I did see that. I did see that. I, or something about that. Did that actually happen? I thought oh, that was just a meme. Nope. That actually happened. I actually thought it was a meme, too, until I actually went and looked it up. The members of Congress have voted to make themselves exempt from these IRS audits, but they're not going to happen to you. So they're funny. only for rich people. Holy cow. Somebody went, you know, one of these could come back on us somehow. No, no, no. We'll fix that quickly, swiftly, efficiently and quietly. Here you go. This is this is why we're corrupt. I mean, I. If you need to, they're acting like Bond villains, like all of them. Like if they don't turn, like if they don't meet in a hollowed out volcano soon, they're really missing marketing opportunities. Just like we are going to be moving the uh, capital to this hollowed out volcano. Right. And uh, like if they don't start flying Uh, uh, to the islands of Hawaii somewhere. As a result of January 6th for security, they're not going to have. Congress exactly. Hollowed out volcano. A hollowed out volcano for safety, right? Like this is this is where we're at, and the and I truly think that the only reason people don't throw up more more static about it, that these people are obviously corrupt. They're obviously out to just 
short-sightedly get whatever they can get, right? They don't care. And it's very obvious they don't care. So, like, why do we let them do this? And I really think it's because most people don't, A, like, their lives are good enough that they don't really want the hassle of trying to remove their government. Because that's what it would take, right? Because you couldn't stop at elected officials because that's only half the power in D.C. The other half of the power in D.C. is the staffers. It's the people who've been there for 20, 30, 40 years. The the so-called deep state. Right. But the, you laugh, but a lot of those people have unbelievable, like they know where all the bodies are buried because they helped bury them. They still got the shovel, right? Like they know where everything is because they've been there for that long and they don't have to worry about not getting elected. They're just there. And <laughs> who's that guy? We don't know. Why is he still here? Because he's always been here. Why have we gotten rid of him? Oh, no, no, no. Can't get rid of him. You don't want to do that. <laughs> you don't want to do that. We've That's been made very clear to us. <laughs> like, you can't get rid of him. Now, you don't have to interact with him. You don't have to do anything. You, If you get a memo from him, though, read you it. You better read it. Yeah. <laughs> you better read it. Um, I, it's... That's true. I mean, that you laugh, but that's true. So to me, it's very it's very obvious we need to chuck these people and start again. To me, that's very obvious. I, I look at it and go, well, yeah, of course we do. Now, our problem from there is several fold, right? Like, how do you do that? And how bad does it have to be in the U.S.? To make that happen. And I really think if people have food, gas, internet, and porn, uh, throw alcohol in there. Um, <laughs> Not, well, see. Uh, there will or, be no or, revolution. Or marijuana. Right. There will be never, no revolution. Well, most of the states don't have marijuana yet. But uh, you, you, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about it. You know what would almost worry me about that at this point? You know, when when you get these people who come in who say that they hate the Constitution, come in, what are they going to come up with different? Because that's <laughs> going to be some bullshit. <laughs> I, yeah. Is, is is the Constitution perfect? No, nothing is. No, with that not. said, if we, you know, somewhere along the line, what I really want is somewhere is for somebody to basically slam the Constitution down on the desk in the Capitol building and go, see this? Read it. Follow it. Love it, know it. <laughs> I, I mean, I I don't. And if you have to try too hard to explain why you think what you're doing is in here, it's wrong. Yeah, you have screwed up somewhere. Uh, I I I worry a great deal <laughs> about what it would take to actually get us to dissolve the issue or, or to to stand up enough. Because right now, the government's got us where they want us. I mean, we're fractured. They've got the media working with them or for them. They've got all – they have all the cards, right? The, well, the that's one that's the tail rab- wagging the dog. Right. The, what, what, they, what they really want to avoid, what they're building all of this for – is so that we feel and and 
and intellectually realize that we are powerless. I think that's really where we're headed. That's desperately where they're trying to get. Well, that's from the Bond villain from Europe going, you will own nothing and like it. <laughs> and be happy about it. You know, it's a, you will be nothing. You will own nothing and you will be happy. You are free. You know, like, yeah, that's totally like a Bond villain type of thing. So when you have that, when you when you try to intellectualize what's happening to you in that area, you go, okay, what would it take? And I, I ask myself this all the time. I look around and I, I see what's happening, and, I, and and it doesn't take much, right? Like, look at all three medias, like all three mainstream medias. You know, your C, your MSNBCs, your CNNs, and your Foxes. Okay, all of them are lying shitbags. All right, all of them. But CNN is at least putting up the theater of trying to reform themselves. Oh, that'll stop whenever Trump gets reelected. <laughs> if if <laughs> if he does, they'll go right back to the formula. Orange man bad. You know, and, and it's fear porn, right? They they make their living off fear well, porn. That, dude, I mean, look, you could flip back and forth, especially when Trump was president. You could flip back and forth between uh, Fox News and MSNBC or CNN, either one. And one of them would be telling you why in, in, all day, any day, at any point in the day, why your life sucks because of Trump. And then you'd switch the channel and find out why your life is awesome because of Trump. <sighs> And yeah, yeah, it's it's fear porn and they made their business on it. And the problem is we're so stupid as a population that we believe it. We believe it. If you are quoting crap that you heard from Fox or MSNBC or CNN, you know what? I have no sympathy for you because you're not thinking. You are not thinking. Like, look around (laughs) You can well, obviously I, see whatever is not true. I'll, I'll tell you what, because I had, I had another comment a while back from a, another listener, and I'm going to someone someone again because I don't remember exactly who said it to me. Um, I do a lot of things where I well I'll say I looked it up and I saw this. I saw this statistic somewhere. It's stuff of that nature. And someone asked me whether or not I would start naming my sources, and I said no. But it wasn't because. I believe my sources are incredible. I am the source. You should believe exactly what I say. But no, I'd actually rather that you go look it up yourself. If you're listening to this and you want to, and you hear me say, uh, you know, look, I read this, I saw this, I heard that, and you're thinking to yourself, that doesn't sound right. Please go look it up. Go find sources. Go find because it's out there. The information is out there. My God, <laughs> I just sounded like the X Files. <laughs> A little bit, <laughs> but but that's the point is 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 that and that's what's kind of gets both of us up on arms about what's going on with the media is that they are putting out so much bullshit, and all somebody needs to do is go to the source. Whether you know when it came to the whole COVID thing, amazing how much more information you could get actually just digging through the CDC, the FBA, FDA. Um, and all of those things that the inf- they they literally did post the information. You just had to go look for it. And here's here's where I start to really get upset, right? Oh, we're starting to get upset. <laughs> I thought we were. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, levels levels of upset. I should say that. I should say it that way. Levels of upset, because. Okay, so we have 
all of this crap going on. We have they've decided in a in a time of of economic instability, in a time of infl- no matter what Uncle Joe says, we have inflation going on. It isn't flat, it isn't zero. Inflation is getting worse and it will continue to get worse until shit crashes. That's the all that's the only lever they have is the Fed. And the Fed raising interest rates is just it's built to cause a recession. That's what it does. Well, that's how you solve inflation is to create a recession. And and that's what they do. <laughs> no, it's not. It's just how they do it. But well, oh, okay, no, no, no. Let's let's talk about it. the problem with inflation is the fact that there's too much money being too much money for not enough product out there. So you have two options here. One of them they can control, and one of them they can't. One control, one thing is is you create more product. Unfortunately, they didn't have any control over that. What they did do have control over is how much money's out there to be had. The only way to fix that portion of it is to create a recession. Um, now, I would also I would agree if this is where you're going with it that it would be so much easier and more awesome if somewhere along the line they'd look around and go. You know, we don't build anything anymore. If we actually built something, we'd have products for all this money, and it wouldn't be a big deal. Oh, there's a fucking thought. <laughs> but, but, but once again, the direction that they're going is to take more money out of the process, which means the only way to accomplish that is, in fact, to create a recession. No, the only way to accomplish that, according to the government, which is completely corrupt and does not only does what is easiest and the lowest hanging fruit they can possibly find, whether it's a good idea or not is to create a re- recession. However, well, but, but there's a real 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 easy way to figure out what the government wants is is in favor of and what it isn't. Because if they look at you and say, "Oh, it doesn't matter how much that costs, we can do that." That's that, that's okay. That's that's money going somewhere. And but at the same time, the moment they start looking at you going, "Well, where would we find the money for that?" It's kind of like, "Well, you don't you, matter." You just gave like 80 billion to the IR fucking s. You know, you didn't want to do that for school security. You no. gave 40 billion to the Ukraine, most a place that most people can't find on a map. Yeah. See, here's the difference. Um, the IRS brings us money, specifically your money. Um, everything else, we we don't get that money back. So, but but, um, but even then, yeah. if you if you look at it historically, what they're talking about doing is actually a negative gain so th- there, there's no way the 200 billion dollars that they say they're going to find out there by auditing the shit out of the american populace doesn't it, it doesn't work historically it fails every time it's a loss leader all this is is about control not only that but their own monetary theories say that they don't need all this extra money to begin with well yeah but when have now see again there you're 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 trying to employ logic and reason to shit the government does. <laughs> Once again, we're back to the Vulcan party. <laughs> <laughs> Told okay. you that's what I do. <laughs> here, you're trying to you're trying to put logic on something that is not going to happen. Okay, uh, and you're also assuming that they have our best interests or even their best interests at heart. What they have at heart is greed. That's it. Well, That's what can it. I, what can I get today? Yeah, what can I have right now? And and that's it. I mean, they think they're going to tax the ever living shit out of all of us, 
and magically they think we're crying about five dollar gas and high food expenses because we're really just holding on to all the rest of this money and not letting them see it. And we're really all pocket millionaires. That's really that's what this assumption is saying. If you spend eighty billion dollars on the IRS because you think or how many ever billion or million or whatever it was, um, if you spend that just a gross amount of money on eighty seven or eighty six thousand IRS employees, it's because you think there's this massive amount of money that the American people have that you haven't seen. Now, I'm not saying that that's not possible that some of us. Uh, and when I say us, I mean like the one or two percent that have most of their money offshore and out of this country are hiding wealth. And when I say wealth, I mean money, money, not I paid six hundred dollars on Venmo or, you know, got six hundred dollars on Venmo. Actually, I have, I have a question there you know, because they're talking about the rich people out there, supposedly. Yeah, they're not. Do, but do, go ahead. Do you think Elon Musk use, uses Venmo? Yeah, no. <laughs> like, no. Do you think Elon Musk looks at anybody and goes, I'll Venmo you? Yeah, of course he doesn't. <laughs> of course do you, he doesn't. Do you think Jeff Bezos looks at somebody and goes, I, I, what's your cash app? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. What do you use? Zelle? Venmo? Like, what do you got? Like, I can I can PayPal you something? Like, like whatever. I've got, like, all four of them, you know? No, of course not. They don't do that shit. The, the, the only reason they're worried about Zelle and Venmo and all the rest of that crap is because that's what we all use. OK, the the people who have the uh, the amounts of money we're talking about have entire tax teams of tax lawyers and accountants and professionals so that they can cheat legally within the system, just like Congress does, by the way, that, that you'll never get anything out of them. You'll never get shit out of them. And if you do, they're going to tie you up in court so long that it doesn't freaking matter. It'll be years from now before you see a cent, and you won't see as much as you think you're going to get. So I don't know exactly what they're looking for on the top end, but they're not going to find it. What they're doing is they hired 80,000 people to come after you and me. That's what they did. That's what enforced – that's what that, that 69 or whatever it is percent of – of a boost to enforcement means they're not coming after people who, even though they say they say it, they've said it on television all the time, though the rates of the audits for people making under $400,000 will not go up. That is a flat lie. Well, the, but I'm you also have people right at now. the congressional budget office raising their hands going, um, excuse me. And they're going, no, no, don't, don't pay attention to that man over there behind the curtain. Yeah. Okay, I, I've got another good one for you. Just just goes into the lovely irony. Have you heard about the subsidization of electric cars? <laughs> okay. Now, what I heard recently was that there is a seven to eight thousand dollar credit that you get when uh, buying a brand new electric car. And, and, and you heard coincidentally, that, and you heard that the how uh, Ford and GM did what? raised their price of electric cars by seven to eight thousand dollars <laughs> is that not weird it's it's almost like this was a subsidy to the american car industry isn't that strange fuckers 
What? Like they seriously in the same week they did that? It's not even oh, talk about a thin veil. Man. I was gonna like they, they didn't even pretend. <laughs> you know, they didn't even lube you up before they bent you over. You know, like holy crap, man. Oh. I just I, I I found it hysterical. Um, I I love the fact you know I was watching a uh, a documentary the other day about uh, and this won't be in my recommendations. I have a fantastic recommendation, but um, I was watching a documentary the other day and it was this uh, group of people who worked in the automotive industry and the automotive uh, electrical design industry, and they were talking about uh, how they they fully believe. They fully believe in electric vehicles. Absolutely, 100%. This is the way of the future. Whether they wind up being electro, hydro, you know, hydroelectric, you know, or or, or a hydrogen electric, or uh, just straight up electric, or, or whatever it is, they believe that the future power plant of vehicles will be electric powered with some kind of motor on it. Whether it's an electric motor or a hydrogen motor or whatever it is, they will. It will the future is electric. That was about 20 minutes of it. <laughs> and then they get to the back end of it, right? The the other 40 minutes of this like hour-long presentation. And then they tell that every one of them proceed to tell you why we're not there yet. <laughs> They're well, like, oh, yeah, the, 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 the power grid won't hold it. Batteries only have about an 80% efficiency rating, which means you're at some point you're going to have to charge. <laughs> like most of the time, you're going to have to charge your battery 120% to get 100% charge. Uh, and, um, and all the materials they need for the batteries? Oh, oh yeah, we, we don't mind that here. Yeah, we don't get that here. And by the way, it's one of the most expensive and wasteful, polluting processes on the planet right now to get lithium. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they had... And, and our, cobalt. Yeah, yeah. So this is not feasible, and they can't produce them fast enough. They don't have the, the, the ability to do it. Oh, and by the way, their range kind of sucks right now. Like if you travel a lot, you really can't get by an electric vehicle because the, the charging takes eight hours. I mean, it's a terrible option for about 70% of the population right now. And they're like, it's just, I mean, the technology is getting there, and it works for some people, but as a country and as a replacement for ICE vehicles, it's just not there yet. And these are the people making and designing the vehicles uh -huh. currently. And they're like, yeah, we're, we don't know why there's this huge push for it. We're not there. Like, if everyone in your neighborhood got an electric vehicle and plugged them in it one night, your transformer would explode. Or your or your local area, your local grid would just go down because hey, they the don't have transformers it. in my yard, fucker. <laughs> yeah, you don't have the power for this. Like the grid won't support it. So I don't know <laughs> why there's a, and, you know one of the guys was like I don't know why there's a huge push for this. We couldn't convert to all electric cars right now, even if we wanted to. Like, even if today there was another, everyone, come down, get your electric vehicle, we'll trade it in for that old gas guzzler, and, and you can drive away in your electric car. He goes, the entire country would be stranded a day from now. <laughs> like, Hell, the, the, the power grid in Texas can't handle everyone turning on their heat at the same time. Yeah. So, like, how are you going to do electric guitars or uh, electric cars, you know? Sort of like electric that, guitars that, are completely different. Electric thing. guitars are completely different. <laughs> it's sort of like that moment in Cannonball Run with Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. Do you remember our car? Yeah, two seats. Where's God gonna sit? Huh? 
Where's it going to sit? <laughs> and both of them drunk off of their asses drunk the entire time. Oh, so great. One of these days, I'm going to do like a, a rundown. Like, I'll find a way to do a series on on Cannonball Run because the 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 stories that evolve, you know evolve around that, how that movie got made. The, it, I mean, because a lot of it was true. Uh, a lot of people don't know it was true, but a lot of it was true. Um, I, I love that series. But anyway, again, cars. But um, I, okay, okay, no, no, no. Let, let, we are going to deviate here for just a minute because there's something in life that I figured out recently, and this is completely, totally, and utterly off topic. And listeners, if that if you're upset with that, you've been listening to the wrong podcast, and you should know it by now. Shoot. Um, I, am I the last one? to the to the uh, gate as to what the hell you can do with a Mazda Miata. Yeah, dude. <laughs> what are you talking about? I started looking at that. I started, came across somebody who's got a V8 and a Miata and, and just having a blast with it. It was kind of like, why would you? It's like they're like, no, dude, Mi- Miatas, you can do anything with them and just turn they them into rocket are, ships. They are the Lego set of of vehicles. I, like You can literally do Anything you want. Do you know this is this is true? I'm not kidding. You can compete in more classes, versions, and styles of motorsport in a Mazda Miata than you can any other car on the planet. Uh, I was I was completely, totally, and utterly unaware of this. I was looking at somebody who was all excited about getting their Mazda Miata, uh, and because. Uh, little bit of background my boss is into uh souping up and doing drag racing with uh volkswagen beetles oh i love beetles uh, that is my that is i'm not kidding it is my favorite car in the world and, and i know that i say that as a car guy and and top gear hates them i love the beetle well, i love them you know i was at the office and he was talking about somebody else who had a with a miata and it was kind of like why would you miata like this little wussy car and no, everybody <laughs> just stopped and looked at me and i was kind of like uh-oh I, I said the wrong thing. <laughs> I, and, I and fundamentally he, don't understand something. Huh? And he, he's like, you do realize that I've got he, I've got a V8 in my Miata. And I went, why? I mean, I'm the guy who wants to do a, a, a Pinto with a V8 and go, why? But a Miata? <laughs> they are the most. Uh, they, they are the most eclectic car as far as what they can do. They are the the most transformable uh, they, I mean, a former so I, co-host it would, of mine. It, would, it, would, it wouldn't even occur to me that you could fit a V8 into a Miata. Oh, a former co-host of mine had two of them. And they, I, I, I had, uh, and we had friends who had other ones. You can do drag with them. You can do autocross. You can do uh, SCCA events in multiple classes. You can do uh, uh, Dakar. You can do sand racing. You can turn them into a sand dune. You can turn them into a drag buggy. You can turn you can turn a Mazda Miata into anything. I'm not kidding. If it's got four wheels, a Miata can do it. If you if you dress it out right, it is weird. They are absolutely, completely changeable, interchangeable with almost anything. They make a kit. They and somebody's done it. Whatever you want to do, I don't care what it is. Somebody's done it with a Miata. It's I, it, weird, dude. I, I was floored. I was always, I always thought of the Miata as, as first of all, you know, and, and excuse me, a hairdresser's me, I, car. Exactly. That's actually what I was thinking of. It, it, Miata. 
That's what yeah. I always would have thought of it. It never would have occurred to me that that was the type of thing with Miata. However, back on topic, have you heard of the Fauci effect? I have. It's complete <laughs> bullshit. I have. This guy had the balls, and you have to give he him said credit this for in public. You have to give him credit for having the absolute gall, uh, you know, uh, just just balls to say that the world of science has increased because of him. And the fact that all of these students are going to school is actually referred to as the Fauci effect. No, it's not. <laughs> Nowhere but in that old man's mind. He has, I didn't know this, but he has as much ego and... Hold on just a second. Narcissism is what I was going for. Well, I, sorry about that. Um, uh, he... Uh, I mean, Nar- it's narcissism true. was the word I was going for. <laughs> he has the biggest thing, like him and Donald Trump. Okay, right up there in the same thing. Have you heard uh, like the the biggest story that I ever heard where Donald Trump's ego actually, his ego and his confidence actually came out was actually had to involve with uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Have you heard the story? I, I'm not 100 percent sure that I have. <clears throat> so Daniel Radcliffe, who played Harry Potter, of course. Uh, was going on the Graham Norton show or, or one of these these uh, uh, talk shows, right, British talk shows. And it was his first time uh, doing a talk show. He was he was pretty he's pretty young. And uh, for whatever talk show he was going on, it was his first time. And he was really nervous. And on the same appearance, on the same night, was Donald Trump. And Donald Trump came up to Daniel Radcliffe, and he knew him, obviously, and, and uh, or had seen him before, knew who he was and everything. And he's like, how's it going, Daniel? And And – and Daniel was like, I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm really nervous. You know, I don't, I don't know what out to, what to go out there and say. I don't know, you know, I don't know what to do. And he looks at him and he goes, you just tell him that you met Donald Trump. <laughs> That'll be enough to talk about right there. <laughs> That's the level of ego that Donald Trump is carrying around with him. It's enough just to mention you met me. Right. That's that's how much that is. It's amazing to me. And I'm like, wow, that's balls. man. That is in the same class as Fauci going the Fauci effect. It's it would be like you going around going, you know, lasers are in style because of the Jake effect. I mean, like everybody go, what? No, no, no. It's true. You can look it up. It's a factual thing. Oh, God. I, I was I I porn I, is popular because of the Sean effect. I'm like no, <laughs> it's popular because it's porn. That's <laughs> not well, how well, shit works, just, Fauci. I, I couldn't believe that the other people on the panel weren't, you know, looking at him and asking him if he was a moron when he sits there and goes, yes, yes, yes. They call it not not I call it we call it but they they call it the Fauci effect. Fauci effect. Like, uh, what? I, I, I am I am speechless. <laughs> I really am. I saw that and I got so angry. I, did, I was literally angry. Like there was a and this has a Harry Potter tie in as well. The, do you know the reason I like the fifth book in Harry Potter so much? Well, because it's actually like the best well not necessarily because dolores umbridge i think it's the fifth one uh 
Yes, Dolores, that, that, that's that's the one where she's introduced. Right. Dolores Umbridge was written so perfectly that I remember reading that book, and every time I'd put it down, you, I you was were... physically <laughs> angry. I I know exactly what you mean. I was physically angry, and any fic, at a fictional character um, abusing a another fictional character. None of this really happened, and I was it made me physically angry. Any book, any any fantasy, sci-fi, any work of fiction that can make me literally angry in real life and evoke that kind of fury is just well written. You know, it's just it's just a good it, it, it's it, it encompasses such emotion. That it will trigger you whether you want to be triggered or not. That is excellent writing. Whether I liked the story or I liked what happened to Harry or not, it was incredible writing. <laughs> Hearing Fauci say that people joined medical school because of the Fauci, because he is such a visionary leader. Oh, no, makes me no, no, want to no, punch he, somebody. He also claimed that it was because of his level of integrity. It, doesn't that make you just want to hurt small barnyard animals? <laughs> like just kick a chicken or something? Like, holy crap! <laughs> I, I, I literally want to punch somebody. Oh, God. <laughs> Fauci and integrity, I mean, they're two words that just don't go together. Let me give you an example. <laughs> I'm going to give you a, a small analogy. The way that that man saying that he represents integrity makes me feel. Let me explain this. A couple of. <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> I think it was last week. Okay. Last week I had what turned out to be. I, I, I'd eaten a ton of fucking meat. I mean, a ton of meat. A lot of red meat, a lot of potatoes, a lot of beer. I had a great couple of days of grilling. And I just because we were kind of cycling our freezer, so I was just grilling anything that was meat inside the freezer because I had to make room for some more. So uh, at the end of it, at the end of that three days, uh, I was so backed up with shit, like backed up shit pains that I started Googling in the bathroom where my appendix was because I was worried that it was ruptured. <laughs> that's, that's how much pain I was backed up in. Okay. Can I recommend that, a bran muffin or maybe some prune juice? Okay, that's how backed up and awful I was feeling. I'm like, I think my appendix. I was like, Google. This is not even. I'm not even making this up. I was googling in the bathroom, sitting on the cane. Where is your appendix? Because I thought I had so much pain, I thought it might be ruptured. Okay, that is how much. That is how Fauci saying he he represents integrity makes me feel and yes i did have some <laughs> had a lot of granola and some, some bran and stuff <laughs> worked worked itself out o oatmeal oatmeal works too yeah exactly you know like a lot of oatmeal that kind of thing a lot of a lot of grains worked that stuff right out but still that's how fauci's saying he represents integrity makes me feel okay i, I just 
it's it's sort of like when uh, uh, and this is going to go back a ways. Anyone not born in the at least late seventies, early eighties will not know anything about this reference. Uh, and I've used it before, but it's one of my favorite things. Madeline Kahn in Clue, oh. when she's trying to explain her husband cheating on her. Flames, flames out the side of my face. <laughs> She's just She's trying to explain, you know, it's not like oozing, melting, uh, breathing. You know, that that is how Fauci explaining his integrity in, in personified. By the way, that's two things. He is. He is. He is science and he is integrity. This man is a national fucking treasure. According to him, he is. According to him, in his own mind. The war, he is right up there with Einstein. Okay. Newton, Einstein, in the same breath, in Fauci's mind, Fauci's right there amongst the giants. Prick. Um, but I don't have strong feelings on it. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, those are the things that have caught my notice this week do you have anything specifically that caught your notice that we haven't discussed no we've been noticing the same things it's okay. fine. <laughs> so then why don't we switch over to some entertainment that is fantastic uh okay you go first because mine's like super awesome okay um i actually my my kid took me to a movie my kid moves, works at the movie theater so we get to go to the movies for free um took me to a movie that i was not expecting to see until it hit streaming but I was intending to see, and it turned out to be a hundred times better than I even thought it would be, and that is the movie Bullet Train. Have you seen this advertised? No. Okay. This is a movie that takes place in Japan between Tokyo and Kyoto on the bullet train, and the only thing I can describe it to, it is it, it was almost like watching something from Tarantino. Wow. It very, very. That is strong, sir. Very, very dialogue heavy, uh, very violent. Um, it, and it, it basically what it is is that you've got a suitcase on this train that all of these killers are trying to acquire. <laughs> Brad Pitt is the main one, and he his whole thing is the fact that he considers himself the assassin with the worst luck on the face of the earth. And he's pretty much the main character, but and not only that, but everybody has a weird name of some fashion or form. Like his two main uh, antagonists are, are named Lemon and Tangerine. <laughs> okay. Uh, and it, 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 but, but as I said, the the only thing I can refer to the pacing of it, the way the story flows, the conversational, the way it goes, is it, it was almost Tarantino esque, and it I enjoyed it. A hundred times more than I thought I would. It was excellent. Not only, there's only a lot of little like cameos here and there, people who show up. Um, I just really enjoyed it. I really, it was just one of those movies that by the time you're over and done with, it was just downright fun. That's awesome. But but as I said, it all takes place on the bullet train, trying to get from um, uh, uh, Tokyo to Kyoto. Wow. Uh, no, Michael, a... Michael Shannon shows up towards the end. Uh, uh, <laughs> Sandra Bullock does show up at the end, uh, and she looks amazing, by the way. 
You know, she's aging quite like a fine wine right oh, there. No, no, no. Put her next to Kate Beckinsale. I mean, the two of them. I, I think the last movie I saw her in, it was just kind of like, well, she's still Sandra Bullock, but she's, you know, older Sandra Bullock. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, she showed up at the end of this movie, and it was kind of like, wow, she looks good. <laughs> um, it, yeah, just just once again, just a a movie that just brought me entertainment and joy. I don't expect it to win any Oscars. I don't expect it to break any records. But at the same time, whether if you've got an opportunity to go to the movies and you're looking at it going, gee, I wonder whether or not I should see this. Yes, it's fun. If you does make it when it, excuse me, when it does make it to streaming and you're sitting there on your ass clicking through things going, I wonder if I should watch bullet train, watch bullet train. It just really is a lot of fun. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, mine's, mine's actually on Netflix. Okay. Uh, if, uh, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but, uh, Bank Robbers, The Last Great Heist. I have not seen that. Okay, so, uh, No, I, I also didn't think it was in English. That's actually why I passed by. It's not, but the, the, um, you don't really need it to be because the, there's voiceover on it. But what's fantastic about it is, and I, I don't like, overdub stuff normally but it's it's not a movie it's documentary it really happened but, uh, but there see there, there's a lot of documentaries from europe as as more and more con- content needs to be found um coming into netflix and i the moment i get i see and i start it's like you with anime i start seeing the subtitles and go nope next one yeah um, this isn't subtitled it's it's voiceover it's okay. overdubbed um it's Bank Robbers, The Last Great Heist, and it, this actually happened in 2006, and they're interviewing the bandits or the thieves that did it, um, and it's basically what would actually happen if – and what did happen if you planned an Ocean's Eleven heist on a bank. And Wait a minute. It, is this the one where they were all old, though, too? They weren't all old, no. They're okay, old no, no, now. Okay, that, 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 something completely different. That, that, there was some sort of uh, documentary on I can't even, I don't even remember what streaming thing it was on a heist, but it was kind of like, but we were all like old. It was like the last thing we all did before we just kind of went fuck it, we're out. Yeah, no, 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 no. Um, it it starts with uh there was a a bank robbery from the Rio Bank in. Argentina, and one, re, re, no, no, just was it the a branch of the Rio Bank in Argentina, or were you yes. talking about the fact that it? Um, yeah, it was the branch of the Rio Bank. Okay, because Rio's in Brazil, right? Right. Okay. Now I was just clearing thing that it's making sure I wasn't insane. Banco Rio, which is the Rio Bank. Um, As I said, that was my concern was that I was insane. So yeah, no, ahead. no, 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 nope. And this these guys figured out. That uh, this that they could probably rob this. The, actually, this one guy decided that he was going to make an artistic statement. So, if you follow the Oceans movie, this is sort of like um, the uh, the Brazilian guy or Lafour. the Lafour. Lafour, yeah, Lafour in in Oceans Twelve, who just makes an artistic statement with all of his thefts. That was loosely based on this dude. <laughs> it may have been entirely based on this dude. Um, and you get to watch how he planned, what he did, 
and how they pulled this heist off in 2006. And it is excellent. I mean, they it really is like watching the planning of a freaking Oceans movie. And you're like, oh, they can't be serious. They're actually going to. They're, they're actually going to do this. Okay. And maybe this guy got the idea from LaFleur because I think Ocean's 12 came out in 2004. But um, <laughs> I don't know. But Did he dance through the lasers or something like that? Yeah, he didn't. But um, it was just as good. They didn't use guns, as you find out. Not really. It's sort of like Ocean's. The guns? Not really. Kind of. Um, guns were there, but they didn't use them. You know, and they, they weren't real guns anyway. Um. <laughs> they 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 broke into the bank so that they could get out of it basically you know because they're, they're like look you know once you break it breaking into a bank's easy there's only two ways to do it when it's open and when it's closed the problem is how you get out right and how you get out without them knowing that you were there or where you went or what you're going to do or who you were or where you know where to chase you and the funny part is is just like an oceans movie they all did get caught, but they only served a couple of years each, and they still have the money. Like that, <laughs> they never, they never gave it back. And so they're all just smiling and like, we did our time. Can't do shit to us. You know? <laughs> they're all retired. You know, just like you would be at the end of an oceans movie. Like, yep, we. It was almost, you know, like perfectly a part of the movie and I, I can't believe they haven't made like a whole bunch of shit about it but it was a fantastic look into how this would work and each one of them had their own things just like an oceans thing it's like the artist the thug you know the engineer the you know all of them had their own roles and they built it just like a crew from from one of those movies and you're like holy crap and they really this really happened they're showing you actual footage from it and what happened and where they were and what they did. And I'm like, they are really making me want to be a bank robber right now. <laughs> it's so freaking cool. <laughs> I won't NSA. It's fine. <laughs> um, but uh, no, it was it was a really fun, like almost two hours. Uh, it was it was really great. Uh, I just enjoyed this, the, the the crap out of it. I mean, is it going to win any awards? Probably not. But uh, it is a real documentary with the real people who did it, and I have watched it three times now. It is fantastic. Oh, oh, I, I, hey, that's that's what I'm watching tonight at this point. <laughs> I will I will throw it because, you know, both of us being geeks, we, we both have that thing where we like to anticipate movies that we would like to see if somebody would actually make them. Yes. And, and I have... And I, I won't take credit for actually having thought of this. I heard somebody else say it online somewhere along the line and went, holy shit, I need to see that. Um, with the uh, recent movie Prey. Oh. Mm-hmm. Did you get a chance to watch that? I did. Did you enjoy it? I did. Okay. It was really it was really well done. Um, it really was. It was different than I thought it was going to be. Well, we, we need another pre prequel Predator movie, but we need them to drop a Predator into feudal Japan. <laughs> I saw this. And, uh, and, and it made me think about it is because this guy actually is in the movie Bullet Train I was speaking of, but we, you need to have uh, Hiroyuki Sonata actually be the protagonist on that one. Uh, if you don't know who he is, anytime you've seen any sort of Japanese samurai fighting, anytime in the recent past, he's, he's the it. guy who's did it. 
Yeah, he he's in it. He he was in Wolverine. He was in The Last Samurai. He he, uh, he was he's the guy who played Scorpion in the latest uh, um, shit Mortal Kombat movie. Uh, if you've seen somebody with a samurai sword recently, it was probably him. Um, but yeah, you, you need it needs to star him. Uh, and God damn it, it just needs to happen. That like needs to happen. That was that was all. You know when when somebody sat there and said we need a Deadpool movie and Ryan Reynolds needs to play Deadpool and the entire world went holy shit yes. Yeah, that'll work. Uh, that, that, I had the same response when somebody sits there and goes, "Yes, we need a Predator movie in feudal Japan with the main character being Ayuko Sonata." And I was like, "Holy shit, I need to see that." Uh, I was very impressed. Like the the Predator series has has some. Ha- mm, it's been a little okay, haphazard. Let, let, let's let's face it. The only really good Predator movie was the first one. I can't. I mean, I want to argue with that, but I really can't. <laughs> no, there were other ones that really were. Can't. There are other ones that were definitely entertaining, but the only one that was actually, and, and I'll and I'll even say because it doesn't hold up incredibly well for its time, um, was the first one. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed AVP, but the, it wasn't. I mean, it, it wasn't for any good like cinematic reason. <laughs> it was just because I, I enjoyed seeing an alien versus a predator. You yeah. know, it's just like it's just fun. Uh, but was it good? No, no, it's not good. <laughs> but uh, I, I would say that that's probably I, I, it's probably fair comment. But it, but it's always been a wonderful concept that just hasn't been oh, really yeah. utilized well until now. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like Transformers is a fantastic concept. It is. It's a fantastic concept. Um, Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox are not your vehicle for that. Um, no. Also, get it the hell away from Michael Bay. And yes, I think you'd really have something there. <laughs> you know, Michael Bay made one appropriate positive decision for that entire series. Only one that makes me sit there and go. Uh, okay, yes, that was a good decision. It's the only good decision he made, which was to have Peter Cullen actually continue to do the voice of Optimus Prime. Everyone would have went, that's not Optimus Prime. Uh, exactly. And the worst part about it is is that that uh, Peter Cullen actually had to fight for the job. <laughs> which is funny, right? Because anyone who's anybody would have gone, would have heard him speak and go, that's not Optimus Prime. I mean, I, I, he's cool, and he's he looks like I, but that's not Optimus Prime. It's sort of like what uh, everybody worried about when um, – I think Christopher Columbus directed the first one. Uh, when Again, another Potter reference. It's weird. Uh, when, when Harry Potter's first movie was coming out, and Christopher Columbus was like, if we screw this up, like you'll know because – what they will go, what you will hear, the thing you will hear in the movie theater and right after it when the kids come out of there is, that wasn't right. Oh, We uh, we have to nail this. Though it right? wasn't nearly as popular of a concept, I still remember taking my, at that point in time, five-year-old daughter to see uh, the Avatar The Last Airbender movie. And even at five, she looked at me and went, Daddy, that sucked. <laughs> yes, it did, baby girl. I was actually hoping for something else. Because uh, the Last Airbender is a fantastic. I mean, it's uh, to me the Last Airbender is right up there with Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, absolutely. And so once it, again, it's just an, it's just an amazing concept that it was 
very well fleshed out and done by the people who did it. Uh, and then and then M. Night Shyamalan just went, mm, we're not going to follow any of that. Yeah, I'm going to take that. Now, follow me on this one. I'm going to take that and then shit all over it <laughs> and put it to film. What do you guys think? That's a great idea, right? You know, that's what he did with The Last Airbender. I, I, I don't. I don't know if you could take Transformers and even get past anything if Peter Cullen was not Optimus Prime. I, I just I don't know if you could do that. Um, now they destroyed the rest of it anyway because, as you know, and I'm uh, I've talked about this many times. Transformers is very near and dear to my heart. I grew up on Transformers. Well, I was so an eighties. I mean, an eighties kid. You know, it was Voltron and Transformers. I mean, and yeah, Voltron, Thundercats, Robotech. Transformers. I mean, it was GI Joe. It was all. It was all there. You know, <laughs> He Man. You know, like all, and knowledge all... is half the battle. Right. <laughs> knowing is half the battle. Don't go into the woods with a strange man. <laughs> you know? Don't run by the pool. I mean, they did all this stuff because it was. You know, they could claim it was an educational show, so they got a lot of leeway for all the explosions and crap, but still. Well, I mean, yeah, but it was like the A-Team. Everything exploded, nobody died. Nobody was injured. Seven million rounds fired, no one was injured. <laughs> they ran a van off a ramp, it was fine, you know. But I, I, I don't think you could do a... A Predator is one of those things that the character and the concept is so vivid and so clear that it is cool and you want to know more about the mythos and you want to know about what happens and why and and what's going on with it you want to see it so bad and other than the first one where you know and i think if the predator would have been a straight-up monster like aliens was or alien was it wouldn't have been the same series it would have been the same thing but because the predator had honor and and was beaten and knew it was beaten and and had like a code that it was like okay these are non-combatants i don't hurt non-combatants right oh yeah that's not why i'm here that's not sport that's murder i don't do that but the minute you pick up a stick and try and beat it up you're a combatant now (laughs) (laughs) i I can kill your ass now um Uh yeah, even with Prey, I think one of the things I love the most about it is the fact that the Predator's tech was 100 years older than, yeah. you know, what you saw. It wasn't in... quite, it was more than good enough to do what it was doing, but it wasn't quite the advancement that you saw in the first Schwarzenegger movie. No, he, he didn't He didn't have any energy-based weapons. Uh, it was all physical weapons. Uh, not only that, but the, um, the the camouflage wasn't quite as good. Yeah, it was it was good and oh, yeah. more than good enough for that time, but it wasn't flawless like it was in the Schwarzenegger movie, where if he didn't move, you couldn't see him. Uh huh. So, I I mean, it was cool because I can compare and contrast, and I was like, wow, somebody really sat down and thought about this, like really thought about it. Um, that is exceedingly rare in today's Oh, absolutely. Uh, Be, I mean, hell, the, the last Predator movie that they did started out in that fashion, and then somewhere along the line, they got a hold of it and went, no, let's let's go a different way. 
Well, wait a minute. We just... have a, we have a storyline that we've kind of like leaked out to the populace that everybody is just thrilled to death to see. Yeah, but we're not going to do that. Yeah, what we're going to do is just make that really shitty. How about that? Does that, does that make everybody happy? No, it makes nobody happy. Yeah, well, we're going to do that. <laughs> you know? Like, okay. So I, it, it's, it was to the point where I didn't know that they could – because, I mean, let's be honest. A lot of the movies that they come out with in the last two years have been kind of shit. <laughs> Well, but, but but even then, you know, I, I've got my own theory, which is, is they're not making theatrical release movies for the American uh, populace anymore. They're making them for the Asian populace, which is because there's a few billion extra people there paying to go to the movies. Um, what you're seeing that actually is for our audience and and really being well done is things that are going to TV. I don't know. Top Gun didn't seem like it was built for a Chinese audience. Okay, no, that was just built for Tom Cruise. <laughs> I was did, you, say, did, did you see it? That was not complimentary to the, anyone in Asia. Did you see it? Yeah, I finally did. Okay, so so you saw the point where I said that there was this point in which he should have like let everything go and be rescued and let every the whole team come together and do something. Actually, I was sitting there listening or watching, and then I, like in the back of my head, I was like, "Oh no, th- this this right here is where Jake was." Oh yeah, no, it is. This is what Jake was talking about. <laughs> but he has to be Tom Cruise. Exactly. That's no the, one can Cruise, Tom but, Cruise. But but as I said, it was a completely nostalgic, fun movie. But it was just kind of like, but Tom Cruise has to be the hero. Yeah, he has to win. Like, it would have been so much more – I agree with you. It would have been so much more powerful if Tom Cruise would have taken on the the Yoda position, you know, well, where, like, I, I will bring you forward so that you can now be the next me. You, you know, know what? I, I bought into the fact that he was going to have to go on the mission. That part I got. Okay. I, I was there with you. Yeah, okay. I was fine with that. But but when he gets – okay, for um for anybody who doesn't want to, to be spoiled, we are going into spoiler territory as I do right here and now. Okay. Um, when he gets shot down, mm-hmm. the, it, it, the way the movie should have gone was that the rest of the squadron take on the super fighters so that the helicopter can get in to rescue him. It can, right. e- it can even be the whole fact that they all looked at um, the admiral who was saying, no, no, we're going to leave him behind and say, screw you, we're going to rescue him. That's the way the thing should have gone. And it should have the been lessons a, that they learned and saw him do a, a, to save him. Not only that, but actually working as the team that he was trying to get them to be and stuff of that nature. And, and they, they just did, did, didn't do that. <laughs> I, I was really Instead, waiting. Instead, he went and found an ancient F-14 and managed to take out one of the most modern. <laughs> which, <laughs> which, if you know anything about an F-14, they are exceedingly maintenance heavy and super finicky. Well, not only that, if you know anything about the modern fighter, they would have taken him out before he even knew they were there. It's just it's it's like mm, that's really not how that works. But OK, you know. Yeah. No, as I said, even the idea of uh, why they had to use the F-18s instead of doing something like the F-35s or something of that nature. Or an F-22 for holy Uh, crap. Get a freaking Raptor. But but the Navy doesn't have any F-22s. I know, but they're so cool. (laughs) So cool. (laughs) Other than the A-10, which they've tried to retire like three times now. Um, You don't retire a flying tank. 
they can't retire it. Like every, well, and I used to get, you, you don't you don't have anything. You know, as much as they tried to make the F thirty five fit every role on the face of the earth, it, it's not going to be for close air support. It just doesn't work. I I, I love I love the A ten. Um, I I have a Warthog that I think I think Stargate Pioneer gave it to me. Um, I have a Warthog sitting right on my my shelves behind me. I love not only the concept but the the fact that the warthog is ugly <laughs> and it is it's, it's... Have, have you ever talked to somebody who's flown one of them yeah actually okay, several because the, the 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 main squadron of them is is in maryland it's so beloved <laughs> but but the, but it's it's one of those things where you talk to the people who fly them and their response is is Oh, yeah, I'm cool. I mean, somebody blew a, an ever-loving chunk out of the side of my wing, and I was like, well, I'll keep going. <laughs> I mean, they're just they're they're just solidly built, well-designed for their purpose, oh, well-designed yeah. aircraft. And it is it is mean. It is ugly. It is slow. It's also exceedingly good at what it does. And they've tried, and I got, I got into an argument with Stargate Pioneer years ago that they were going to retire. And I'm like, this is bullshit. Like, what are you going to replace that with? What, what, well, what is going to replace that? As as I said, if I understand correctly, the whole concept was, is that the F 35 was supposed to fill was being the joint strike fighter was supposed to fill every role out there. And it just doesn't. Yeah. It just doesn't do that. it, It, you know, it's not nearly as bad of a fighter jet as some of the, you know, media and stuff like that have wanted to make it out to be. But as far as being a fighter that can handle every role possible, that's where it flunked. Yeah, I just I don't think you could do that. There's a reason they've made some of the the aircraft they have. Now, is it better than an F-16? Doing? Oh, yeah. yeah, I think so. You know, uh, yep. Um, but then again, so is a Raptor. I, I don't know. I really like a, a Raptor. God, they're so pretty. Uh, it, just... Last time I talked to somebody in the Air Force, they were basically saying that you know the the F-35 in compared to the Raptor is like you know it's a fucking toy. <laughs> I mean, those Raptors are just so freaking cool. I love them so. I mean, they just look menacing and cool, and they do all kinds of cool stunts and stuff. I mean, it's just they're just neat, and they got the freaking bays that open underneath, and just oh, it's so cool. Uh, but yeah, the A10 is still and continues to be my favorite. But like, I. Getting back to Top Gun, and I, I know, again, we're running a little long, but still, uh, getting back to Top Gun, I thought it was going to be, and I'm going to use another analogy here, and it doesn't fit at all, but walk with me for a second. I thought it was going to be a lot more like Pixar's Cars, all right? Um, okay, you're right. I have no clue where you're going here with this one. I know. I know. Just walk with me for a second. So, you know... uh, uh Lightning McQueen is is a gifted racer, and he he's the best at what he does, and he goes through his his journey so that he learns how to be the best racer he can be, and he has some troubles, just like Maverick. And you go through a little bit, and then in the third movie, uh, he's he's old, like there's there's a next generation of cars coming up behind him. He is getting a little older, and it's this is his last race. This is his last chance. And what he finds is he finds this kid who is this this younger car who is a racer, but she doesn't know it. 
and and she always wanted to be, but it's he learns that it's his job to make her the racer that she can be. And neither one of them know that that's where they are. She doesn't know she's a student, and he doesn't know he's the teacher. And by the end of the movie, both of them slot in and figure out, oh, this is what we're supposed to be doing. I will make you better, and this is how I continue to stay in racing. This is what I do. I am the teacher, and I will help you with what I know so that you can be the best you can be. That is where I thought (laughs) – when I sat down, what I thought Maverick was going to do, oh, he's figured out that, yes, he is this gifted pilot. He is as good as he thinks he is. Now he must pay it forward and gift to the next generation of flyers all the the that is Maverick and, and how he relates to the world of flying to make them the team that they need to become. That is not what happened. No. Because you're you get like three quarters of the way there. Like three quarters of the way there. And then Maverick's back. <laughs> With now, an old ass plane that has no business doing what it's about. No, I, I do have to admit I enjoyed the part of the, the, the original start up to the training part of the movie where he humbled the shit out of everybody. Well, and that's that's again a teacher's job. Oh, right? Yeah. Because Viper did it to him. Viper's like, no, kid, not only are you not God's gift to flying, there are people here who know more than you who are better than you. Sit down, shut up, and listen to what we tell you. That's a teacher's job. Like, you don't get respect at top levels like that unless Unless you you can do. Unless you can do. You don't have somebody who's just a pencil pusher or a book learner unless you can do the things that you say they should be doing better than them. They're not going to listen to you, which is why nobody respected Charlie, right? At the in the first movie, it's like, look, she's not a pilot, she's not, a, she's not even in. I the know service. the finger goose, yeah, but you better listen to her. <laughs> she has information you don't have. No, damn it, pay attention, right? And every, oh, I'm sorry, yeah, exactly. I'm I know the finger inf- goose. I'm sorry, that information is incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> Data on the mic is inaccurate, you know, because I I came in across we uh, it's, we came. <laughs> Sorry, Goose. We. Uh, and that's that's it. They they were all laughing and stuff because she wasn't. Now, they didn't do that to Viper or Jester, right? These were grizzled old pilots like, sit down and shut up. <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. I'm going to show you what you're doing, but you're still stupid. <laughs> that's the person. And I thought that's what was happening. Ah, now you have become Viper. This is your aha moment. This is how I pay it forward. Because if you're good at something, now a lot of people do that with children, right? Like if you're you try and pay it forward with your kids, like look, I had to do this, I had to learn this. Let me let me try and show you what I know, and hopefully you'll be better than me. Yeah, that doesn't you know, work. That's that's what you try and do. It doesn't work, but that's what ninety percent of the time it doesn't work. But sometimes there's like these brief that keep you going, at least as a father. There's these like brief shining moments where your kid's like, oh, hey, uh, I get it. <laughs> I get what you're saying. And you're like, oh. you like look around to see if anyone's seen it. <laughs> look, I'm parenting. It's working. <laughs> I did that. I fathered. You know, uh, you don't like you don't get many of those. There's not a lot of wins in the wing column. All right. But I thought that's what this movie was here. Like he gets 
again, spoilers, sorry guys. Um, here's Penny Benjamin. Here you get your next crack at Penny Benjamin. You know, here uh, an older, wiser man. Uh, a a you know like he learns that these kids are are important because this is the future and and I need to show them how to be the future. No, nope, <laughs> no, that is not where the movie's going. <laughs> As I said, I bought I bought in a little bit the fact that he ended up having to go on the mission because he 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 was one of the few people who could do the maneuver. I get that. Uh, I even bought it into the fact of okay, this it you know they had they came up with an excuse as to why they had to do it with older planes, which is why they needed him. Um, okay, I I'll, I'll buy that, but at the same time, it was kind of like okay, now you did the awesome thing, you saved his ass, you got yourself shot down for it, and they want to leave your ass behind. Let the team come together and come rescue your ass. I no. had, <laughs> even as an adult. I have less trouble believing the plot line of Iron Eagle than I do <laughs> the plot. Oh, Good God, that, that, that takes me back. <laughs> I mean, see, look, I love Iron Eagle, okay? I love that Jason movie. Jason Gedrick and Louis Gossett Jr. Oh, I love that movie so much yeah, like a, a I can't hear flying in F16. Oh my god, it's so good. Um and Chappie backseating for him so he takes a trainer up and Chappie, you know, uh, uh Chappie wasn't backseating on the actual mission, but Chappie was backseating during the training, right? So he took an F16 trainer out so he could bring his dad back, right? Um but I still cannot hear. I still cannot hear we're not going to take it by Twisted Sister without thinking of that movie oh shit now that now i am gonna think about that movie what i always thought would twisted sister taken over for me was ready player one when everybody came over the hill but now <laughs> now i'm stuck back with iron eagle thank iron you eagle. <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> yeah <laughs> ready player one he's holding the boom box uh say anything style and it's playing we're not gonna take it that's where I would go for that before, but now I'm back to Iron Eagle. Thank you. Oh, it's so freaking good. I love Iron Eagle so much. It was just because it was just that time, like right? Like I have less trouble believing the plot of Iron Eagle. Than I do Top Gun Maverick <laughs> as an adult. I don't know. It's just stupid. Um, <laughs> and then he gets killed in the second movie. It's like oh, like in the first minute and a half. Well, no, 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 okay, apparently you haven't made it to, like, Iron Eagle 4, then. Because it turned out he was just captured. They bring him back. Oh, no. No, I quit after I quit after top, or, uh, Iron Eagle 3. Um, <laughs> like, when they have yeah, to go what, in, like... What, 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 I love the fact that they were taking the F4 Phantoms and trying to say they were MiGs. <laughs> really? Like... <laughs> My favorite is I saw this like a couple of years ago and I'm looking, I'm watching this in the, 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 the first iron Eagle, I'm watching this guy and he's, he's like attack through the flames. And I'm looking at him like, Oh my God, that's the guy who played Hercule Poirot in the PBS <laughs> series. Well, I mean, He's the guy that they that they for years they cast anytime you needed a swarthy villain. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, swarthy like, villain. Uh, where's the guy who played Pro Pro? Where's the guy who played Paro? He can he, surely he can do it. <laughs> like 
holy shit. So yeah, yeah, it was uh it's it's weird. It's weird, dude. <laughs> uh this week on Plays movie talk. 80s, 80s movies talk. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I swear, I'm gonna find somewhere. I'm gonna I'm gonna put out a series of casts about Cannonball Run. It is. I'm just gonna do. You know what we should do in our next iteration of casts? We should do only like car movies, like car and jet movies. You know, like only cars and planes. That's it. Uh, actually, take take it just a, a step further and and open it up a little bit. What we really need to do if we're gonna do that is a, is a thing on cheesy. 80s movies. Oh man. Now, we'd have, we'd have mo- content for years. I was say, 80s <laughs> movies in and of itself were cheesy as it is, but cheesy 80 movies. Cheesy, cheesy. Only 80s, 80s che- cheesy 80 movies. You, you know, that's not a bad idea. Oh, we could make that work. <laughs> that could be right. fun. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start. Hold now, on, I'm okay. making a now, note now, now. Now, considering the fact of the dynamic that we had with the, uh, the this the Star Trek podcast, if we get Shannon involved with this too, we will have somebody who comes at it with righteous indignation. Oh man, she hates those. She hates a lot of these movies. She like <laughs> really hates a lot of these. Exactly. Movies. She won't even watch Cannonball Run. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she... but, we, but but see the thing is, we I mean we got to go back and do Smoking the Bandit. Oh my God, yeah. Oh, it's so terrible. There was uh, actual no, racism. You know, just them. just awful '80s rom-coms. Like, uh, what was the one with Sally Field and the uh, James Conn as a ghost or something like that? <laughs> oh, there's some there's some really great ones in there. Um, the Wraith. Oh, Charlie Sheen at his Charlie best. Charlie Sheen, yes. It oh. was so bad. So bad. Uh, if we're gonna do, and, 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 okay, if the we're gonna go out Daytona or D- Dodge Daytona concept car, oh, okay. it's terrible. If if we are going with that level of cheese, then we really have to do the Last Dragon. Oh well, I I think you have <laughs> Leroy, Bruce Leroy, <laughs> Bruce Leroy. <laughs> Show enough. <laughs> Cheesy 80s movies podcast. <laughs> I'm going to have to come up with a name for that. All right. Hold on. Oh, okay. Tell me which well, movie i got to watch first. Oh, God. We're going to have to do that. That's, that's so bad. We're going to have to do this. Uh, <laughs> it's just like some of it. It's just so good. Uh, what's that? Trancers? There's another uh, good one. I haven't seen that forever. Which was, which was the one where they make the head explode? Is that transfers? I think so. Yeah. I mean, there's just—it's just so good. There's so there's so much cheese in the '80s. Like it's it's bad. Oh yeah. I mean, like shit. You you're like, people watch this. Oh, not only did we watch it, we were excited about it. Oh yeah, we were like happy to see it. <laughs> it was amazing. Did you see it? Oh, that's so freaking cool. Well, yeah. And, and if we're going to go that way, we also have to go back and watch some of the cartoons that we watched as kids, like Transformers and Voltron, just so that we can look back and go, uh, uh, no. <laughs> you know, I've been doing that in the last 10 years. You know the only one that really holds up? No, because I haven't found one that does yet. I don't know. Robotech holds up pretty well. Uh, You know what? Um, I... My only problem with that is because my my personal flavor for anime is things that are hyper violent. So uh, yeah, yeah, that just Robotech just doesn't classify for there. 
You know, the only thing that's rough about Robotech is anytime Min May sings. Other than that, it's fine. Um, okay, I'll give you that. Uh, but like Min, uh, Min May singing episode, you're like, oh god damn it! Is it couldn't they at least change the song? It's always the same song <laughs> and the same two bars. Couldn't we do something else? <laughs> no, apparently not. It's, like, yeah. No, Voltron does not hold up at all. No, it does not. Um, Thundercats, not so much. Not the old Thundercats. Not the, like the 1980s Thunder. The recent one on Netflix was amazing. Well, the recent He-Man stuff was really good, as I much as everybody so. hated it. You know, I was a, I was a bit angry with it, but but you know, I've watched it a couple of times and it's really good. Um, oh man, there's a bunch of stuff. You know, as long as you're going with 80s cheese, it doesn't even have to be action movies. How about this gem from the 80s, The Legend of Billie Jean? Oh God, what, um, um, Christian Slater and Helen Slater. Yep. <laughs> Oh, that was such a great movie too. Was, that was that was, was the so one cheesy. at that point in time that was kind of like the the Shawshank Redemption is now, which is that show that was always on TNT or actually they didn't have TNT back then, but would show up like movie night or something of that nature. Oh it yeah, was no, there. it was it was always on and and it was fair, it's fair. No, and I can't even remember. Was it Helen Slater? Hold on. Uh, yeah, no, that's Helen Slater. Oh God. Um, and I can't. Remember it was all over other, a scooter. <laughs> I can't remember who the other guy is, but uh, he, the, no, it the was guy, Helen Slater. Yeah, yep. the guy, but the guy who plays her boyfriend was the same guy from Back to School. God, uh, Helen Slater, Christian Slater, Keith Gordon, Yardley Smith, um, Richard Yardley Branford. Smith. Yes. Yes. Um, Peter Coyote. Richard Branford. Richard Branford was. Oh my crap! I didn't remember that. God, it was, I mean, it was a ton of stuff. I mean, and it was classic 80s cheese. Oh, it was so bad. It By was just, standards, just awful. Oh, it was terrible. And it was all over like an 80s Honda Spree scooter. <laughs> I actually saw one of those on the road the other day. You know what? So did I. It was an old 80s one. And I'm like, oh, my God, those little one-cylinder engines are still pumping? Uh, apparently. Well, well, the best part about it was is he, he was he was uh, on that right behind a guy on two guys on Harleys. <laughs> <laughs> and I kept thinking to myself, I, okay, I know I'm in a work van, but y- you really can't have any self-respect on one of those behind two Harleys. Yeah, unless you have i don't know and and those were vespas but unless you have audrey hepburn and you're rolling around france or or rome or something oh, that's like a different that. story if you're then, in the bahamas and you're on a vespa that's a different story than being on a honda scooter on the main like, road behind two harleys yeah. i mean the only way you get away with that is if it's, you're intentionally being ironic exactly you know but like if you're on a honda spree like there's no good reason to be on a honda spree there's no good reason. Like I don't know. Okay, you're a broke college student and you spray painted it with like you know I don't know like black with the Clash logos all over it. Okay, maybe. Uh, and it's your only transportation, and you make fun of it all the time. Okay, if you do it in a, like you're saying in an ironic fashion, but if you have an elegantly restored spree <laughs> that is lovingly taken care of and all that, like no, get a like. At least be self-respected and get a Vespa. At least those are cool, okay? At least those. Like Audrey Hepburn's ass was on a Vespa, okay? I can understand if you want one of those. If you want a a 50cc Honda Cub, just because it's 
old Honda, and it's it's like this cool like a little fifty cc little motorcycle. Okay, fine. Or Honda is it a Honda Cadet or a Honda? Ca- I can't. Shit, remember I don't the, remember. But yeah, like the little fifty cc Honda first Honda uh, motorcycle. Like if you want one of those, which the Vespa was probably more powerful than, uh, but um, or even a Spree was probably more uh, uh, powerful than that. But if you want something like that, okay. But uh, no, nobody, nobody should be excited <laughs> about freaking vessel, like or a freaking spree. Like no, then they made this this whole movie, and this is how bad the eighties was. A whole movie about this scooter. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted my scooter back. It just made me get like the uh, we hey we used to have uh, in college we used to have uh, a drinking game like every time they said scooter. Oh God! In, <laughs> in the village of the Billie Jean because we went to school with all film majors and stuff like that. Like that was like one of the things that art school has as a film major and and film and stuff and like like we're gonna watch the Legend of Billie Jean and I'm like why? He's like no 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 it's a drinking game. Every time they say scooter, you have to take a shot. And I'm like, we'll be we're going to have alcohol poisoning. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's going to be great. Like, okay, cool. Honda Cub. It's a Honda Super Cub. That's what it was. <laughs> um, but, I, like, no, like 80s cheese movies. Oh, we should do that. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm in. Just you come up with a watch list. I'm in. Fuck yeah. All right. No, I'm totally going to do that. <laughs> we're totally going to do it. Coming this fall, another podcast nobody wants to listen to. <laughs> uh, I, I'm out of stuff. Like that's that's why the genesis of our next cast has come forward, and I, I guess I'm out of stuff now. Not a problem. I, I, do you have anything else for today? I don't. I'm. Uh, you gave me an idea for a new podcast. I'm. I'm good. <laughs> Well, if you have stuck with us through this uh, last little bit of rambling, thank we're you sorry. very much. Yeah, we're very uh, sorry. <laughs> and we will see you next weekend.